Hello everybody, thank you so much for checking us out. This is Swing Shift. My name is Ryan Bershinger. He is Bo Benson. On today's episode, we congratulate the San Diego Padres for winning the World Series. And we preview their first post-World Series opponent, which is of course the Dodgers. In a series that's known to us as the National League Division Series. Yes, of course, the Padres are exciting and fun. But remember, on paper, you shouldn't be that concerned. We tell you why Kenley Jansen should concern you, but Max Muncy should not. And hopefully, this is not our last episode of the postseason, but knowing our luck, it probably is. Come on in, let's have some fun. Follow us, Swingshift R&B on Twitter and Instagram. This is Swingshift. That's fertilizer, says Kemp, over and over. That is fertilizer. Life. As always, thank you for everything. Congratulations to the oh. Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, okay. A good two-game sweep of the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, advancing past the wild card round, and uh, allow me to be the first to congratulate the San Diego Padres for beating the St. Louis Cardinals in the best-of-three-game series to win the 2020 World Series, congratulations! You guys, you did it. To no your, one believed in you. Your no one, World no one believed champion. in you guys. Amazing. The, uh, the San Diego Padres. Wow. I thought you were congratulating Ass Life on something. Oh to no. Be <laughs> no, uh, Ass Life. Our, our, our friend Andy from Ass Life. Uh, he's from Minnesota, so um, I, yeah, went, no, I had I, a lot to congratulate him on, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, no, there's there's uh, nothing uh, nothing good going on over there. Right now. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but no, congratulations to the Padres. Uh, hey, I saw that they threw their championship parade last night. Yeah, and that's really awesome. That's good for them. I mean, listen. Uh, I was told by a certain person whose name rhymes with uh, Schmever Schmauer uh-huh. that the NL Central was the best division in baseball because they had f- like four playoff teams. That's so great. obviously, yeah, like the Dodgers and the Padres uniting as one to beat the uh, the Brewers and the Cardinals. Just a tremendous success. But uh, yeah, good. It's a great. It's a th- it's a thing to hold a parade over beating mm-hmm. the uh, the Cardinals in a three game series. Amazing. Way to go, you guys. Uh, really, really great work there, especially to... Uh, and it wasn't even close, you know? Like, it it didn't take, you know, five home runs in the last three games, you know, however long it was to, to beat a, a Cardinals team that couldn't score a run to save their life. Now, now to be fair, you know, in a normal season, a, a, this would have been the one-game wild card, you know, the, the four faces the five. And so uh, the Padres, of course, won game one, so they would have won. Oh, wait, hold on. Well, okay. (laughs) We're receiving some new information here. Whoops. Um, Look, so here's the deal. First off, I want to say this. I love the city of San Diego. I, I... no joke. I I love if you uh, once you get past uh, the that stretch of freeway past Camp Pendleton, everything from there to uh, to like uh, the Balboa Bay area is fantastic. You know, Oceanside, Carlsbad, Encinitas. You have great food, great beer, great beaches. Uh, I love San Diego. I, I love to visit there. If I wasn't attached at the hip to Los Angeles and and trying to do shit in the entertainment industry. 
I would have moved to San Diego a long time ago. Love San Diego. <laughs> uh, so I'm not, I don't want to clown the city of San Diego that much because I, I legitimately do enjoy the town. And I get where they're coming from because uh, last year, during one of my visits down that way, I was listening to the local Fox Sports radio affiliate uh, as I was driving around. And they were at the time, was this last year or 2018? I'm trying to figure it out. But it, they at the time, they were talking about the San Diego fleet, of course, the great AAF team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You remember the Alliance of American Football that last Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, listen, if there's one thing you can say about San Diego as a city, it's uh, they love their sports teams there. They they just go they go crazy for them. That's why uh, the Chargers always pack the house, never never filled with uh, fans of the opposing team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they love uh, they love their sports, and you know they love their San Diego Padres. It's not like you know uh, every fucking Padres game is filled with uh, opposing fans of uh, other teams. Right, right. It's not like it's called Dodger Stadium South or AT and T Park South or uh, what you know. Chase Field West, you know, none of that. No, it's Petco, baby. <laughs> it's where the magic happens. I mean, look, I get it. Like, all they have now is the Padres. They have the Padres. They have San Diego State basketball when that's, you know, going on. Uh, they had the fleet for a few weeks, and they, they, tried, to, <laughs> they tried to talk about the fleet. And they just, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, that league uh, couldn't do anything. So uh, that died really quickly. But, um I I went to so I've been to uh, I've been to Petco many times. One day I was with a friend down there and and we had a, a, a bunch of time to to burn in downtown San Diego. So we're like, oh, we'll we'll go to the Padres game. Maybe we'll get tickets and go inside. But we get to the park and the way that that park is set up, you don't really like have to buy a ticket to get into the stadium to like be able to enjoy anything about the game. There was a a bar just beyond the center field fence. Uh, there's a there's a stone tasting room there, and then there's a bar next door that has a has a a bar uh, on the roof. It, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's also a, there's a Hodads in there, which is like the best oh, burger yeah. in Southern California. Hodads is legitimately great. Yes. Yeah, my I took my dad to a, a game at Petco Park, and we actually met the owner before he passed away. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. He's a he was a cool guy. You see, there is so much great stuff about San Diego. We ended up not actually buying a ticket and going into that game. We just watched it from the the rooftop bar beyond center field, which was uh, which was so much fun. It was awesome. the The park itself is great. I went with my family last year to a game in like September. Uh, this was a Saturday night game. In granted, in September, but it's still a Saturday night game in San Diego, so the weather's perfect. Uh, why not? You know, go to this five o'clock game. Uh, at Petco Park. Here's the thing, though. The stadium was like a third full. Like, like if that. There are barely anybody at the park. There were so few people in the stands that half of the vendors weren't even open. Like, we, we like <laughs> I wanted to try all the different, a couple of the different microbreweries that they have inside of the stadium, and none of them were fucking open. The whole, like, Ballast Point area was all closed. There was just, like, a stand beyond center field that, that was selling us uh, some different Ballast Point stuff. But, like, so that's, that's the vibe in San Diego, was that last season, they couldn't even get enough people into the stands on a Saturday night to justify opening all of their vendors, which is just sad. It's terrible. Uh, as I said, I love the city. I love the town. Uh, I, I think the ballpark is fantastic. And if I'm a Padres fan right now, I would be super excited for my team. 
However, I would not be going out and packing the gas lamp district to celebrate a wild card round victory Uh. in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Okay. Like it looks so bad. It looks so stupid. It looks so pathetic. And then you have pictures of Fernando Tatis Jr. High-fiving fans, which is something that he wasn't even allowed to do with his teammates through the, the regular season. So, yeah, man. Like, no, that's it's it's ideal. That's the exact situation that baseball really wants right before they tell all their players to go into this bubble for exactly. uh, a month and a half or two. What the fuck are you guys doing? This is so stupid. You realize that hey, what what is the worst case scenario if you're a Padres fan right now? Fernando Tatis Jr. testing positive for COVID-19 <laughs> the day before the series starts. And uh, a bunch of people packed that gas lamp district and he went out and high-fived people with bare hand high-fives. Like, are you kidding? You're you are setting him up in a very dangerous position where you could put the, the team in jeopardy all because you wanted to celebrate the fact that you fucking beat the Cardinals in a in a in a wild card round, which had never a three, uh, a three game series. That's insane. If yeah. I'm I mean, if I'm a Padres fan today, I'm fucking pissed off at these people. What are you doing? Well, you know, it is, I mean, it, it is what it is. I don't know. When you have such little success as a, as a franchise like they do, I can understand the, uh, desire to celebrate, but just pick, pick a better time, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I, I'm not, I don't want to sound like the Grinch or anything like that, but yeah, you're, it's, it's just, it's just stupid. <laughs> like holding a full on victory celebration because you managed to win the most stupid three game series ever created. I didn't watch, like, I didn't watch hardly any of those games. They're so uninteresting to me. They're so point, they were just all so pointless. I don't, I, I hope they never go back to this again. You see, I was I was on the flip side mainly because I was off of work on Wednesday. Um, but I I watched a lot of these games, and here's here was my takeaway from from the format and the way everything was set up. A lot of casual fans are like going, "Oh, this was great! It felt like the NC two A tournament." I, I I guess um, as as I pointed out on Twitter after at like two o'clock on Wednesday, um, what they had what they had created so far that day for the, for the MLB postseason was you had the, the Reds Braves game where Bauer and freed were fantastic. And, and I appreciate great pitching performances and that was fun to watch. But then once it got past 12 innings, it became the longest playoff game to ever uh, go without scoring a run, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, ridiculous like that's absurd and once it got into extra innings it was just the red squandering opportunities and then it turned into a rod bitching and moaning about the fact that nobody was bunting which is hilarious because a rod <laughs> didn't bunt once in the final 15 years of his career so what the yeah, fuck I is think, he whining about didn't didn't he mention like hank aaron or someone bunted yeah, yeah. and then someone like went back and looked at like his bunts by uh, the years in his career and they were all front loaded before everybody realized he could just whack the shit out of the ball. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A rod, a rod is literally, I, okay, here's what's fucking weird to me about being a commentator in every other sport. They're always like, Oh my God, the game is so good. Now this is great. Like everyone's like, Holy shit. Look at what LeBron just did. Or, Oh, can you believe Anthony Davis is a seven footer with guard, you know, abilities. And then in baseball, you have guys that are like, yeah, this guy's a fucking tool. He sucks. I don't ever want to see him again. 
fuck this guy. He wouldn't last a day in my time. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot for watching this. <laughs> what? <laughs> why? Why? Why do they have people covering their sport that so very clearly hate the sport? It's ridiculous. It's so stupid. It's uh, it's amazing to me because like it, it would. John Smoltz has been really bad at this for years now, and the fact that A Rod has moved into this territory. Like, what are we doing? Look, I understand. I understand when when A Rod was uh he was advocating for Dansby Swanson to bunt which apparently he just doesn't realize that Dansby Swanson is in fact a good hitter, but you know, whatever, fine. Uh, I get where situationally you'll say, yeah, you're playing for one run. Why not lay down a bunt? That's fine to point out. But when you go on about it for an hour and not once even attempt to explain the rationale behind not bunting there, you're just, you're being lazy. <laughs> you're clearly being so vapid that, that you're just harping on the same point because you, one, have nothing to talk about, and two, you don't apparently understand the rationale behind not bunting there. That's what I don't get. Like, why not try? Analysts should try to explain what did happen as opposed to, oh, well, why aren't they doing this? I, You know what? Fine. You can You can point out the fact that they didn't do something, but also point out what they did do and explain why they did that. That's... That's that's it. That's all you have to do. But he yeah. didn't do it once. No, that that, that requires extra work, and Arod's not there to do that. So, but um, the rest of that day was oh. Also, you have uh, the first team to advance out of this funky, shitty format was, of course, the Houston Astros. Yeah, no, that's not. that's exactly going. That's according to plan entirely. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I don't advocate for uh, capital punishment. I don't think it, it's something that should happen. I, I think we're well past that as a society, uh, except for whoever runs the Astros Twitter account. Yeah, Jesus. Strap Christ. them, strap them to a chair, inject them with the cocktail, and uh, turn on the fryer for good measure. <laughs> what a piece of shit, dude. Ah, it how what. Do you have to sell your soul to Satan before you agree to become the fucking Astros social media manager? <laughs> it's it's really it's incredible. a genuine a genuinely bad person. Yeah, um, they are they are being so <laughs> intentionally <laughs> obtuse to everything. Do you think? Uh, I, I kind of wonder if like fucking Lunau and and Hinch are actually running the social media for that team. <laughs> I mean, it would. It's the only thing that makes sense. Um, no, yeah, it's it's incredible how I mean it goes through to the entire team, right? Like Carlos Correa, his his shit after the game where he's like, "Well, what are people going to say now?" And everyone's like, "Motherfucker, the same shit we've been saying. How did it's, this change anything?" You dumbass. It's ass. that it's that meme of the guy on the victory uh the victory stand or whatever and he's like shaking the champagne and biting the medal and then the camera pans out and he's in third place. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the Astros as a franchise. <laughs> yeah. God, I I it's it's incredible. And yeah, the people who are running that social media account, everything they do is like it's it's with this tinge of, oh, well, we're we're you know, we're the enemy and you all hate us. But remember how we won the World Series and like, yeah, dumbass, you cheated. Everybody knows that. Why? Why are you pretending as if you're 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 the victims here? It's so stupid. It's incredible. But, you know, I I guess that entire organization leaned into this mindset of, oh, we're the victims because because you're coming after us now. Yeah. For something that's entirely your fault and something yeah. that you weren't justly punished for. <laughs> stupid. Hmm, I wonder who that signs for. Oh, my Jesus. God. 
just a garbage organization top to bottom. It's just terrible. It um, should all be destroyed. God. But like overall, you know, I did I did enjoy having uh I, I think it's it's fun the for the way the format is. Um and I think that like to be honest, I you know, this might be a biased viewpoint here. I feel like it's kind of gotten more attention than the NBA finals have. I don't know if you agree with that. Uh, no, I mean, I think it has, but also partly that's due to the fact that the NBA finals are just such a laugher. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we were talking before we started recording, but I mean, this just feels so inevitable. It's just like people probably just don't care to really watch. But I, I just personally, any, any playoff format that sees like your top seeds on one half of the bracket or one side of the league just go away after two days yeah. is, uh, is less than desirable. I know. Like, I, 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 I don't know. The Twins had a great season and are a great team. They're definitely a better team than the Astros. Yeah. Yet here they are not playing anymore while the Astros get to keep going. It's, I, I think that the reality is, is that this, something like this format is going to stay. There are positives to it. I think for one, uh, it does eliminate the one game wildcard playoff, which is, is bullshit. <laughs> like, like, let's be honest, like a one game playoff in baseball when it's not like a tiebreaker for a division is bullshit. So um, I I support them mending it for next season. We talked about this on our last episode. I, I think that the best way to go about it is either A, you give all the division winners a 1-0 lead to start the three-game series, or B, yeah. you, give, you only have six teams per division or per league, and uh, the top two get a buy. Like, there has to be some sort of incentive to incentivize winning your division over a 162-game season. Because literally, with the way that it's set up right now, if this exact format exists next year, um, there is no reason ever for the Dodgers to ever play Mookie, Cody, and Corey all in the same day. Like, no. they're, they're <laughs> no. honestly not. There's no. there's zero incentive. Having home field advantage in a three-game series doesn't fucking matter because you just saw the Astros win. You saw the Marlins win. It does not matter. So no. uh, you would literally, like... If you think load management in the NBA is bad, which I think it's it's fine the way it is um, in baseball. Yeah, the stars, there's no reason for them to play half of the season. Honestly, like you just yeah. rest people until you get to the playoff. You'd, yeah, no, you'd completely up. you'd completely kill any meaning for the regular season. Yeah, it'd be there's no reason to expand the playoffs for for a whole a whole 162 game season. No, no. I, now, if they have to shorten the season again next year, which let's be real, that's probably going to happen anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can maybe revisit it, but I'm not. I'm not sold. It's 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 actually it's it's actively harmed my engagement in baseball this year, at least in in these playoffs so far. I I watched the Dodgers, and then uh, other than that, I really couldn't be. Just really couldn't be asked to watch. I don't know. I just seem kind of pointless to me um and and that's that's fine you know i i i watched a good amount um i i watched a, not as much of game one of the cardinals padres but i watched game two and three um i think something to note about those games with the cardinals padres one game two was well first off game one chris paddock got shelled because he's a bad pitcher <laughs> and um, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the fact that, like the padres are kind of fucked right now 
Um, and I, you know, I, I don't think that people are fully giving that the credence that it, it needs to have. Um, but uh, in game two, they rolled out Zach Davies. He got shelled in the beginning, and then that game just turned into batting practice. Um, and sure, it's fun. It's fun to watch Fernando Tatis, you know, hit a home run and and just kind of like you know do cartwheels down the first baseline. That's fine, whatever. Yeah, no, uh, I, <laughs> I, my my stance on that is if you're a Dodgers fan getting mad at Fernando Tatis for playing the way he does, then I hope you never rooted for Yasiel Puig. Right. Yeah. Like it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. He's gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fine. fine. Like I, you know. He's definitely fun and exciting to watch. I totally understand that. Um, in game three, they, the, I mean, granted, the Cardinals couldn't do anything offensively, um, and I don't think that's a testament to the Padres having a great bullpen and great, you yeah, know, anything. I think the Cardinals kind of... <laughs> Cardinals were one of the worst offensive teams in baseball this year. Yeah, so uh, that's that's definitely something to note. Also, the fact that, like, half of, half of the runs in that game were scored in the seventh inning in which the Cardinals booted not one but two double play balls. Uh, there was, there was first, there was this, uh, I think it was a grounder to the shortstop and he like overthrew the second baseman. And then they had bases loaded and it was a grounder to the third baseman. And he, uh, like he fielded it right at third base. But when he came down with the ball, he just straight up missed the bag and then threw it home. And it was a bad throw and Yachty couldn't catch it, which is weird because I thought he's the greatest catcher of all time. But, um, there were it was horrible like <laughs> the cardinals yeah. had a bunch of defensive miscues in that game they did not look like a very good team and then uh half of san diego then celebrated the fact <laughs> that the padres won that game so, yeah yeah good good for them man i mean we'll see we'll see what happens baseball is baseball but uh yeah i don't i don't know I think, uh, but just to look at the Padres, we're not going to go too in depth with analysis and preview of the Padres because, for one, if you've been following the Dodgers this season, you've seen a lot of the Padres. Uh, yeah. It's it's how the season has been. The Dodgers are six and four against the Padres this season. They outscored them, I believe, forty-eight to thirty-six. Two of their four losses to the Padres were by one run. So uh, the Dodgers have played rather well against this team. If you remember going back a couple weeks ago where uh, the Padres came in against the Dodgers winning eight straight and people were hyping this up as such a huge series. This has playoff implications. If the Padres win this series, they could win the division. Remember that? That's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, there was, you know, I think it was the first game of that series is when Trent Grisham hit that home run that, that he got hot uh, dog on the and uh and 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 robert sniped at him which i i want to know again like like i said or like you said with um with tatis i don't i didn't care that that grisham got all stoked on that the fact that roberts yelled at him because yeah, he didn't respect clayton kershaw that was that was kind of stupid like <laughs> dumb 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 um you know let him do it it's fine it's it's whatever you know um especially since after that home run the padres then played like shit for two weeks <laughs> so, yeah no they they uh they just shit the bed yeah following that game yeah so then so it's uh it's fine see this is what's interesting to me is the way that the padres have been covered this year and the way they're going to be covered going into the series you would think that they were the team with a 700 winning percentage that won the NL West. Yeah. I I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. There's a certain um, adult male that looks like a 12-year-old boy that works at the four-letter network (laughs) that will not shut the fuck up about Fernando Tatis and the Padres. Uh, That probably doesn't help. But, I mean, 
yeah, I I think I can distill my thoughts on this series into just the Dodgers are a better baseball team. Yeah. Like baseball is going to be baseball and anything can happen. But mm-hmm. like, I think we said it in the last show too, like the Dodgers should not be scared of anybody. They should not be worried about who they're facing. They shouldn't, they, sh- they shouldn't because they were the best team in baseball by a considerable margin. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a little ridiculous that this is going to be hyped up as like, you know, a battle of the 99 Yankees and the fucking 2018 Red Sox or something like that. When it's just, you know, it's a fir- it's the it's the best team in baseball against the team that finished in second behind them by a considerable margin. Right. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and uh, I think the big thing with the Padres and the national media coverage of them, uh, a lot of people are confusing excitement for the team with optimism for the team. And I, I don't think that that's the right thing to do. Yes, the Padres are an exciting team. They are a fun team to watch. Uh, Tatis is a very exciting player. Uh, Machado can hit the ball again. I, but you know, I still, <laughs> I'm still not terribly concerned about facing him in the postseason because we've, we, you know, we've seen what he can do. Yeah, it's not, no not going to be Charlie Hustle out there. Um, yeah. The big thing with the Padres, the big thing, it's all going to come down to whether or not Mike Clevenger and Denilson Lamette are healthy enough to go. And by all intents and purposes, there's no reason to believe that they are. Honestly, <laughs> like, like if they were healthy enough, they would have been in the three game series because this is the Padres best chance that they've had in years. The reason why the Padres fans went out and celebrated last night is because that's the first postseason series they've won since 1998. So, of course, they are going to kind of push their guys who might not be 100 percent to try and pitch during these during these games. Um all we've heard so far, and this is we're recording this on Saturday night, things might change, but judging by what we've heard so far, we've heard that Mike Clevenger could be on the roster. Yeah. And no, that's nothing. yeah, there's that's that's airtight right there. Right. And yeah. then nothing really on Lamette. It interesting thing you to note about Lamette, he's having, I believe, bicep soreness. Um he had Tommy John in twenty eighteen. So they are being very careful with him, I'm sure, and rightfully so. Because that could easily backfire terribly. Yeah. Look at a guy like Caleb Ferguson. Uh, it's really unfortunate well, when sometimes things flare up and then suddenly yeah. you have to do it again. Especially for Lamette because he's their best pitcher by far. Right, right. So, like, I, Chris Paddock, if, if Paddock was like, oh, my arm's tired, and I would just be like, oh, okay, well, too fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to say when you pitch, but... Yeah. If Lamette's like, man, my arm hurts, I would call 911 immediately. That's the key to this series, is whether or not those two guys are 100%. And like I said, there's really no reason to believe that they are, um, unless the Padres are just being very quiet in, in hopes that that sort of messes with the Dodgers a little bit. But look at the fact that they just went into a three-game series without either of those guys. They had to start Paddock in Game 1, Davies in Game 2, and then just did a bullpen game in Game 3. and the first two games were basically bullpen games as it was because Paddock and Davies both got shelled. Um, yeah. Davies is a better pitcher than what he put up in game two. Uh, Paddock, eh, that's debatable. <laughs> He's, uh, I think we have more than enough evidence now that Chris Paddock is a, like a one start wonder. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I say this knowing that he's going to pitch incredibly well against the right. Dodgers. Exactly. But like, yeah. he's just, he's not good. That's kind of how it goes. That and I know we're we're saying all this to like 
lay out reasons why the Dodgers should easily win this series as well. But again, this is the postseason, so um, they'll probably lose in four games. Just just knowing yeah. our luck. I uh, just <laughs> I someone someone raised it. Uh, I was talking to to someone, and it's like I don't think the I I don't think these Padres are even better than the 2017 Diamondbacks. No, I I think that in comparison to the Diamondbacks, I think the Padres have like better players and in terms of like their top half of of the the roster is is more talented you know there's nobody on that diamondbacks roster that was like tatis and machado i mean they had that goldschmidt he's probably similar to where machado's at now but uh but but tatis brings another element that the diamondbacks didn't have but in terms of i I think that diamondbacks team was probably a deeper team yeah Um, so yeah that's i i think that that's fairly comparable again um the Padres did still have a have a very strong season, and if f- by some sort of miracle, Lamette and Clevenger are 100, percent then yeah, there's there's definite legit reason to be concerned about this series. But uh, again, I, I think that that comes down to the fact that we as Dodger fans watch our team religiously and casually check in on other teams. That creates this sort of mindset that like other teams can be much better because you only notice them when they're good. Um, yeah. And for the Dodgers, you'll notice everything. You notice the entire ebbs and flows of the season. You don't really notice that with other teams. So I think that if people are super concerned about the Padres because of what they've seen from them in the past and and you, you see, you know, highlights of Tatis pimping the shit out of home runs, you probably go, oh, God, this is a very terrifying team. And we're we're keyed into the national media. I you know, I, I we both produce shows on Fox Sports Radio this weekend and uh, on on the shows that I've worked on. There was a lot of talk about the Padres and and their abilities and not as much as what the Dodgers did just now in which Clayton Kershaw threw eight shutout innings. Yeah. Now 13 Kershaw looks fantastic right now, by the way, he's throwing his curve uh, more than he has since, uh, since like 2017. And of course that curveball is one of the best pitches that's ever existed in the history of the game. And if that's on his slider is on like, and I, I think that this there's, there's actual credence to this argument. I think the lack of fans in the postseason does help Clayton Kershaw a little bit because it it draws back on that postseason atmosphere, which I think kind of uh, has affected him in the past in terms of just, you know. Yeah, he can he can just go out and pitch. Yeah, exactly. Which I, I, I buy that. And then honestly, for the other the other uh, the other off maligned pitcher on the Dodgers, I, I think it hurts him. I think there is something to that when when Roberts mentioned that not having the crowd kind of affects Kenley Jansen. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like something's uh, something in Kinley Jansen's elbow is probably affecting Kinley Jansen too. So. Yeah, I know. This is so. This is a good opportunity to now transition to uh, where the Dodgers are at currently, and just to highlight, I think a couple concerns. And one obviously is the concern with Kenley Jansen. Um, you should be concerned about Kenley Jansen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you should have one hundred percent. That, that that was that was one of the worst successful saves I've ever seen in game <laughs> one. Um, and and a lot of that was aided by the fact that Christian Yelich had maybe one of the worst at bats of his career. Uh, honestly, um, I the, he threw one Kenley threw one good pitch in that at bat and it was the last pitch. It was a cutter above the zone and he got he got Christian to bite at it. And 
Uh, I think that that was because that pitch was actually good. The pitch before that, Kenley threw it into the opposite batter's box and Yelich, for whatever reason, thought that his bat was three feet longer than it was. So he just kind of waved at it. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Kenley was sitting at around 86 to 88 miles an hour on his cutter, which is a multiple pitches at 86, which is the lowest it's been all season, which is probably I, I didn't do full research on this, but I'd be willing to wager that it's the lowest it's ever been in his life. Um, and that's a very, very valid reason for concern. Uh, yeah, he got out of that inning, but uh, man, if his cutter is sitting at 86, he's going to be shelled at some point over the next couple games. And it's very concerning because now it comes down to when Roberts is going to use him. It was very comforting to see that in the ninth inning of game two, he opted for Gratterall. And he also had Trinan and Gonzalez warming up behind him. That's exactly how you should be handling those innings. Yeah. Uh, as no, opposed I, to just putting Kenley out there and not even having anybody behind him just to see what he does. Yeah, I think I think uh I think Dave for all the flack that Dave gets as like a tactical manager, which is well deserved, uh he's only he's there because he can manage that locker room better than I think anyone else in baseball can. Right. And I think I think Roberts was very smart to like publicly assert himself behind Kinley. But I also think he's smart enough to realize that he can't trot Kinley out there in high leverage situations. Yeah. There's just, there's no fucking way. And, and I think that kind of looking at based on his comments after game one, where at first he said in the post game press conference, uh, it looked like his cutter didn't have any teeth to it. I'm going to have to go back and look at some of those pitches because it, it didn't, didn't look very lively. But then he uh, a- apparently after viewing that footage told the, the, the press like, oh, no, I, he's definitely still the closer. I thought that was fine. And I don't think that you should take too much credence into, into what he said there, because then in game two, obviously, uh, he wasn't used at all. Apparently, he kind of threw a bullpen session that day. I think that Dave is fully aware of the concern with Kenley. And I think yeah. that's going to hopefully that's going to be reflected in the way that Kenley is used in this series. Um, I I think that handling the ninth, the way he did in game two was ideal. A Gratterall is somebody that you would love to use in that sort of situation because he misses bats. Uh, His fastball is, is as lively as anybody's in the game right now. Um, Trinan doesn't miss a lot of bats, but he does induce grounders and he's very useful. Victor Gonzalez has had a very productive season and he's, he's definitely somebody that I would like to see getting opportunities there in the ninth. And as we talked about last time, Dustin May is hopefully somebody who will get plenty of these high leverage situations as we move forward. We haven't seen May used yet this postseason. you know, we've had two games and it is what it is. Um, But we have seen Julio Urias and that was a highlight in game one. Uh, him pitching three shutout innings behind Bueller. That was perfect. Uh, this is the role for Orius moving forward. Uh, I, I could definitely see him being used as a starter in like a game four or a, a game five in a seven game series and stuff like that. But um, ideally, this is kind of the way you want to use him, hopefully to piggyback off of a, a good start. Hopefully Walker Bueller's blister isn't that big of a deal. And one note about Bueller's blister, um, the ESPN broadcast was talking about and they're like, huh, I don't know. Can you have that much stuff on your finger? Do you really think that the Los Angeles Dodgers are so stupid 
that they would drop out a starting pitcher who everybody knows has a blister and and putting a foreign illegal substance on his hand and and thinking that they could somehow get away with it. Like honestly, they, why are we even pondering? That? <laughs> are you kidding me? This uh, was fine. They, I'm sure it was approved by plenty of people in the league offices and the umpires and everything. Well, because, you oh, know, why? you know what's fucked up about that? It's like that wasn't even a foreign substance. That was just pee. <laughs> that's that's uh pick that up from rich yeah, man yeah in fact it was just rich's urine he just <laughs> over a, they have a bottle they have a bottle in the clubhouse that just says uh rich hill secret stuff <laughs> oh god that's so funny um but yeah so i i think that the concern with kenley is there i my, my point about what dave said to the media is basically dave is is has always been very uh he's always put a lot of stock in making sure that the things that he does and the things that he says will keep Kenley Jansen's confidence high. So he's never going to say anything to the media along the lines of, Oh yeah, he's not the closer anymore. Um, or he's not going to see the ninth inning anymore, or we're going to take him out. He's not even going to hint at that. No, he's not. No, no. And that's, that's fine. Cause if you did, if he did that, Kenley would throw a fucking fit. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it is what it is. Kenley will get the hint. Or Dave will put him in and the Dodgers will lose a series because of it. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Right. Mookie Betts is here for 12 more years. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it comes down to. Um, <laughs> I, I think the the other concern that we want to highlight, and uh, it's because, okay, look, Dodger fans on Twitter always have to pick one position player that they hate for a period yeah, of time. Um, most of the season, it's Austin Barnes. Sometimes it's Kike. Uh, but in game two, Austin Barnes had a really fucking good at bat against uh, Brandon Woodruff in the fifth inning that resulted in the first run of the game and then gave Mookie the chance to drive in two more. Uh, he deserves credit there. Uh, and, and you know, Kershaw did pitch really well with him behind the plate. I, I you know, I don't want to fully draw the conclusion that the two are related, but like well, and, if that helps him, then that helps him. Yeah. And I mean, you can just carry Ruiz and just DH Smith yeah. if need be. So yeah. that's fine. Um, the D the DH changes so much about how NL managers can approach the game. It really does. It really, and especially with 28 people on the roster, you know, uh, having, having three catchers is, is totally fine. And yeah. you can still even carry Terrence Gore. Um, I, I think it'd be interesting to see. I, I imagine for this five game series, I think what they'll do is not include Matt Beatty and opt for Dylan Floro instead. I was a little surprised that they, they didn't have Floro on the roster for the three game series, but uh, I understand the the rationale of just opting for more bats than relievers for a three game series. That's totally fine. Um, I, I, I think that, yeah, I think that's the move to go with Floro over Beatty and keep everything the same. I'm still down with Terrence Gore being there. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> that speed off the bench is nice. Um, and, and again, yeah, with 28 people on the roster, you might as well, uh, because the other options are then like Alex Wood. Um, that's that's really kind of it. That, that's kind of the only other person where I would see a reason for including him. But Wood hasn't been good enough to really justify taking a spot anyway. Oh, no. If, if Alex Wood is on the roster, I will be driving to Arlington, Texas. <laughs> But going back to the fact that, yeah, Dodger fans always have to have a position player they hate. Uh, right now, it's Max Muncy. And oh, yeah. 
Back the fuck fucking, off. <laughs> fucking refrigerator. <laughs> you, 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 I am not going to stand for any Max Muncy slander. He's our, he's our beautiful large adult son. How could you? God, look. Okay, so looking at Muncy's number this season, uh, yeah, his, uh, his, his batting average wasn't great. Okay, he hit 192 this season, but he still maintained a 331 on base despite hitting 192. Okay, it's a good old fashioned Jock Peterson season for him. Um, something interesting to note about Max Muncy is that this year his batting average on balls in play is 204. Oh my is, god, uh, as Mike Petrello pointed out, that is the fourth worst batting average on balls in play of all time. Amongst <laughs> qualified hitters, um, if Gary Sanchez qualified, in which it, I don't think he did, Gary Sanchez would have had the worst of all time at like one forty something. But Jesus, man, yeah. yeah. But uh, Max at two hundred four on batting average on balls in play. Yeah, his 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 K rate is is pretty on par with where he's been at during his time with the Dodgers. His walk rate is still elite. That's why his on base percentage is so high. Uh, that batting average on balls in play is low because, you know, he had 12 home runs this season. Those aren't accounted into that number. Uh, so it's been just a lot of unfortunate ground outs <laughs> for Mac. Yeah, I I feel like he's either grounding out or just, you know, rocketing the ball right at people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Max has not been bad. I, I, and I think that that's important to note, especially after... Game one where he had that weird play where he was going back on a ball in right field and he should have just conceded and let Mookie take the ball. But instead, he tried to swipe at it and he just kind of hit it away with his glove. It was a dumb play. But, uh, you know, that's the time to make mistakes is against the Brewers. So it's fine. Uh, he'll he'll be all right. I'm sure he also walked twice in that game, which is important to note. He was over two, but he, he drew two walks. So uh, Muncy is still getting on base. I would, however, support moving him out of the cleanup spot because you do want somebody who's uh, driving in more runs, I guess, a bit. I don't want to like resort to citing RBIs or anything, but uh, you want somebody who's hit, getting more hits there, I guess. Um, I, I, I'd support flipping where him and Cody are in the order, even though Cody's still not hitting the ball yeah, great either. I, yeah. <laughs> You want to talk about like a Dodgers key to the series. How about Cody Bellinger actually fucking shows up yeah. for once? Yeah. Jesus, man. Um, That's literally, I. <laughs> you can throw whatever numbers or any anything you want for either team out there. Like all the Dodgers need is fucking Cody Bellinger to just, just be normal. Yeah. Just play at replacement level for, for five games, please. <laughs> That's it, man. Uh-huh. Um, something interesting to note about Muncie is the fact that he has reverse splits this season. Um, he has half as many plate appearances against lefties as he does righties, but against lefties, he's hitting 239, 363, 433. Um, and then against righties, he's hitting 169, 315, 368. Um, so yeah, the, the power is still there and the elite plate discipline is still there because he's still getting on base a good amount. Um, he's just been screwed out of a, a handful of hits this season, and sometimes his his at bat quality isn't as great as we would like it to be. Uh, but thankfully, you have Will Smith hitting the shit out of the ball. Uh, AJ Pollock had a couple hits during that series, so it, so Pollock's gotten the proverbial playoff monkey from last year off his back, I believe. Um, I, I think that, and, and of course with Mookie and Seager both hitting the ball well, uh, Mookie kind of single handedly won. Well, not okay. 
offensively speaking, Mookie won the series against the Brewers. But of course, yeah, Kershaw's pitching performance also won that. Yeah. So, no, Mookie, I think Mookie completely changes the attitude of this team approaching the postseason, which I think we mentioned before. So I, I yeah, I'm just not going to stand any Max Muncy slander. You want to move? No, him no, you sh- We shouldn't. He's no. he's our beautiful large adult son, and he's honestly been one of the only guys that's ever shown up during the playoffs. So, you know, just fucking relax, guys. Um, if you want to move him down in the order, fine. It is what it is. But uh, he'll see some lefties out of the pen. I'm sure they'll they'll use Drew Pomeranz. Um. There's people are throwing around the idea of Mackenzie Gore pitching in this series. That could be interesting. Uh, and the Padres might have to do something like that if uh, <laughs> Levanter and Lamette are not. Yeah, any go. anytime you can uh, give your guys a first real taste of the majors, you want to do it during the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. But but you know it worked for K Rod, so uh, it's it's going to work for everyone. It's like that line in uh, Arrested Development. Well, did it work for them? No, it never does. <laughs> but it might work for us. Uh, yeah, I think those are the biggest takeaways from the the uh, the two game sweep, which is just so dumb to say. Still, um, yeah, I, 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 I like I, yeah. I like seeing Edwin Rios get the start at DH in Game One, uh, opting for Rios over uh, over Jock. Um, even though I, yeah, you and I have talked about, you know, we believe in Jocktober. I'm sure Jock will be able to contribute a good amount, but also Rios was hitting the ball so well over those last uh, couple weeks of the season. Yeah. Jeez, that pop is, is just so fun to watch. So um, hopefully to see more, uh, more opportunities for Rios moving forward. Um, I think that's, that's, that's really the, the basis going into this series. The Dodgers should win. They, they really should. <laughs> Um, they should win every series. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I just, I have no reason to pick against them in this series. I just think they're a better baseball team. But I mean, obviously, that comes with a huge asterisk because baseball is the stupidest sport imaginable. Yeah. So you know, um, you will not freezing cold take me. No, no, it ain't happening. Uh, I'd imagine if Clevenger and Lamette are not good to go, you probably have Paddock in Game One against probably Bueller again. I think it lines up, yeah, Tuesday is game one. It is interesting to note that with this format, too, uh, there's no off days during the series. So they they start... Oh, to, shit, really? Yeah, yeah, because there's no travel <laughs> days. So, um, so they're just going to play five games in a row? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, that, great. Uh, uh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So, um, which... Then that... That sets up whoever pitches game one with the possible ability to pitch game five on short rest. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to it should be something like Kershaw. Well, it'd probably be what Bueller Kershaw, although I don't know, because they had like fucking a full week off now. Right. Kudos kudos to Major League Baseball for making sure there were no games on this weekend. Way to go. You guys are just killing it, man. Um, I think uh, it is very possible then that Kershaw throws game one because it yeah. sets him up uh, to be able to pitch game five on short rest if needed. Um, and that probably is the best. If, if Bueller was completely healthy, Bueller should go game one. 
but just because of the blister, I don't think you want to set him up for having to possibly rely on him for short rest in game five. So you probably kind of have to go Kershaw game one. Yeah. Um, and then use Bueller in game two. Game Gonsolin. three, then. Yeah, hopefully then, yeah, you, you roll out Gonsolin in game three with Urias piggybacking either one of those guys. But now, since with, there's no days off, you kind of have to rely on a starter to start game four as well. So yeah, it, it's very possible that they use Julio as a starter in game three then and Gonsolin in game four. Yeah, it's 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 going to be weird. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I see no reason to not pick the uh, the Dodgers to advance. Yeah, yeah. I, I My official prediction is Dodgers in four. Um, that is also my, uh, that's where I'm at too. Total, total honestly. I wouldn't be shocked if it goes the full five. Yeah. But it, it really shouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if it's just a three game series either. Um there's there's it's th- this is where I'll 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 get my uh my talk about the NBA finals in. Um it's it's very interesting to me that one of the things that nobody talked about going into the NBA finals was just how much actual finals experience was on the Lakers roster from LeBron to Rondo to you know, JaVale to Danny Green. They have a ton of guys that have been in this position before. The Heat don't. Like, the Heat have one rotation player that's ever played in one of finals. And then Udonis Haslam, who's literally just there because he's pretty much a coach. Um, the Padres have never been in this pis- position before. They don't, you know, as much as Chris Paddock wants to say that that's what playoff baseball is like, he doesn't really know. So I think there is something to be said and even if there's not fans there, it's still different. Uh, you know, it's still a different atmosphere. Guys are still approaching things differently. The lights are brighter. You still know that you're being watched by everybody. So I, I Padres are a great story. They're a lot of fun, but it's, you know, it's this big boy stuff now. <laughs> oh, God. Um and and just because of that celebration they threw in the streets last night, I I really do hope we beat them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's, and it's it's not even like a look. Celebrate your team, that's fine, but also be aware that you're in the middle of a pandemic. Like Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, I was I, if you don't test, you can't be in the pandemic anymore. So maybe they just never got tested. <laughs> oh God, it's so stupid. Um. I, I guess we'll wrap this up just by looking at the other series. I think um, I think the Braves are going to Braves over Marlins in four. I, I'm not fucking. Yeah. Fu- fuck the Marlins. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> fuck the Marlins. No, it, like it's it, I, I it, they should not be viewed as this like underdog story. Like, oh, the, you remember at the beginning of the season where they had to get janitors from from Disney World to, to play shortstop for them. Uh, no, like, who gives a fuck? They, they, yeah, they had a coronavirus outbreak on their team because they were dumb. They didn't follow protocol. So uh, they had a huge outbreak on their team. And then they've somehow been able to piece together a season that gets wins. But keep in mind that over the last couple of years, the Marlins have been the poster child for not fucking trying in Major League Baseball. Yeah, no, the... The uh, the exact antithesis of what you want to see from your club. But meanwhile, just because they made the playoffs when a, in a year where everybody makes the playoffs, 
you have fucking national media reporters talking about how great they are and what a fun story they are. Jeets. Yeah, Jeets. Yeah, Jeets. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> fuck the Marlins, which of wow. course means, you know, the Marlins have never, uh, never, never made the playoffs and lost the World Series. They've right. always won the World Series and they make the playoffs because, yep. you know, no. no one will ever. Yeah, fun fact. That's that's something that you've never heard before. God. And, uh, you know, speaking of fire sale, because that yeah, that's what the Marlins did every time they won the World Series is then they trade away everybody that was worth a damn. And that's how they've ended up to a point where their biggest names are Jesus Aguilar and uh, uh, Corey Dickerson, like oh. Miguel Rojas. Miguel Rojas would have been a fucking all star this season. So stupid. Yimmy <laughs> Garcia pitched a crucial eighth inning for them in their their clincher against the Cubs. Like that's that's ridiculous. They yeah, they should not yeah. be celebrated. They, that that front office actively tried to not give anybody money so that way they could actually make money in a ballpark that nobody goes to but it doesn't matter because it's profitable to own a, a, a baseball team even if it's the marlins like, yep. it's they are no they, they if they win it all this year that's a horrible horrible look for baseball because then why are teams trying like they they they've been trying to tank for years because all they do is just make money no matter what shit product they put out on the field a reminder that their outfield only a couple years ago featured Giancarlo Stanton Christian Yelich and Marcelo Zuna and they sold <laughs> all of those guys away because it was profitable to not have them on their team anymore it's it's bullshit it, it you should not be rooting for the Marlins it's it's so stupid yeah fuck, fuck the Marlins um in, in the American League I I don't know I I guess the Yankees over Rays in five and um the A's sweep the fucking Astros. Yeah, I, I think Please, so too. For the love of God. Um it, 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 we need we need God to come down and have Mike Fires throw another no-hitter. This time it's in game 3 against the Astros <laughs> at Dodger Stadium. Uh, and then everybody can collectively come out of the dugout and flip the bird to the Astros as they all walk into their clubhouse yeah, that, shame. That sounds that sounds that sounds good to me. God, please. Um, but I, I, I think the Yankees are going to come out of the American League. I mean, they, they, they had a tough series with the Indians, but like, they are playing pretty decently. But uh, the Rays know how to win too. That that's going to be a really yeah. Fun the, series. the Rays are so. I think whoever wins that series is probably the team that's coming out of the AL. Yeah. yeah. Although the the A's the A's look good too. I don't know. They do. AL, the AL is very interesting to me. It's a fun. It's a fun little thing to watch. Oh, I, I, I. My transition was uh, speaking of fire sale. I wanted to mention the Cubs really quickly because <laughs> the Cubs are about to blow it up. Like honestly, because Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, and um, uh, one other player, uh, all uh, Contreras, all of their contracts expire after next season. So uh, they're they're going to trade at least two of those guys. I imagine I I'd, I'd see them probably investing in Baez and then trading Contreras and Bryant and Ye- maybe trying to retain Rizzo. Yeah, I think uh, I think Baez is the one that they keep just because they can market him so well. Yeah, I would I would absolutely make calls on Chris Bryant. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not even. I, I still think that Nolan Arenado is more likely than not to become a Dodger at some point, but Chris Bryant would be nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that would. No, I'm I'm 
I'm all in with that because then he could take over third and you can just keep Turner as a DH for a while. Yeah. Just yeah. Or just DH or first base, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's, that's a preview of what kind of off season talk we'll have. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a guest for our, uh, off season roster baiting. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, we've, uh, our goal is to try to keep these under an hour and we are we did it. No, we, we, we did, did it. it. And we didn't even mention, like we barely talked about the, the Lakers cause that's such a boring series. Yeah. And we didn't mention that the, uh, NFL is basically going through its apocalypse scenario. Oh God, I know. Ah, good. That's great. It's, yeah. So good, good job us. Pat, pat ourselves <laughs> on the back. All right. Well, um, We'll wrap this up until next time. Uh, please, you know, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SwingShiftRnB. Give us a subscribe, a like uh, our podcast. Uh, give us some some ratings. Uh, say say good things to your friends about us. Um, you know, write a letter to your congressperson and tell them about SwingShift. We're a top ten Dodger podcast. Uh, <laughs> tell them that a robot put us on a list. <laughs> we, we tricked an algorithm into thinking that we're successful. So, um, uh, you know with the election coming up. Uh, hopefully that could, that could sway some votes for people. Uh, we, uh, hopefully this is not our last podcast of the postseason. We'll do another one for next series. If there is a next series and if there isn't whatever, we have Mookie bets for 12 years. We're fine. It's, it is what it is. All right. Thank you all for, uh, for checking us out again. This is swing shift. My name's Ryan. He is Bo. Have a blessed life. Thank you. Thanks everybody.